Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. On the road again. This time, we've driven all the way, made it through the OC border, here, with, uh, at, uh, one would might say he's an electronic genius. It is Ryan Bassery. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are, you are. As I had a good schooling on it beforehand, from uh, Rye Wire Motorsport, without the S, Electronics. Yep. Thank you so much, Ryan. Firstly, for making the time. Secondly, for getting me in here and being able to move around your very, very hectic schedule since I've seen exactly what's in your garage. It seems like you've got lots of things keeping you on your toes. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on back there right now, so... Cars are just kind of flowing in, and stuff's just landing on my lap, and so I'm glad that we're able to have enough time today to uh, squeeze this in. Yeah, no, it's it's a good place to be if it's all busy out there. That's the one I always think. It's just difficult when you've got to go home late, I guess. That's a problem. Yeah, exactly. So tell us then, how did this, how did it all get started? How did we get to this point today where you've got a garage full of cars that some are yours and some are some other people's that are paying you some money? Yeah, um, well, let's see. We could take it kind of way back. Right to the start. Gotcha. So Before the dawn of time. Let's start with uh, my parents. So neither one of them were, you know, super successful. And obviously, you know, when you're a kid, you see that. And, um, you know, you have you have situations where it's like, oh, can I have lunch money? And then you don't want to ask. And then you try to, like, maybe you're, uh, you know, asking – you're skateboarding around and you're trying to uh, ask people, hey, can I have a quarter to call my mom? And of course. Then you're, you're trying to get money to buy yourself lunch. And um, it was kind of rough, but I just kind of – when I was a kid, I used to just, like, skate and, uh, you know, do my own thing. And my parents didn't worry too terribly much about me. But, uh, you know, my dad was a contractor and he just kind of like a handyman, if you will. Uh, likes to build decks and, you know, work with his hands and stuff like that. So my mom – she also was um, an aspiring business owner. Um, she did gift baskets, and I kind of saw saw her business do do pretty well for a little while, and then just kind of like phase out. And probably when, I mean, obviously, like online would kill a business like that. Like, oh, specialty gift baskets, you know, with put. Yeah, it's a challenge, certainly. Yeah, so kind of saw her drift away quick, and I had some other family members that had businesses and. You know, they didn't do too well. Uh, my aunt, one of my aunts had a designer um, shower cap company that uh, never, ever did well. Uh, so, you know. I just, mean, it is a, it's a novel idea. Yeah. So, But it, you and I, unfortunately, we're probably not the target market correct. for a, a designer shower cap. Yeah, designer shower cap. I don't even have hair, so <laughs> uh, it's not going to really work. Mine, mine's running away from my face, so yep. I understand you. Receding, and yeah. we don't care too much about it. So. Um, at any rate, I just saw a lot of, I was always kind of involved with small business and just working hard and, you know, as much as you put in, you get out. So I remember when I was a kid, um, I actually, uh, let's see, probably like fourth grade, let's call it. I got into selling pencils. Okay. Okay. As weird as that sounds, there was a pencil machine at my school. Kids would put in a quarter, 50 cents. I don't remember what it cost. And then a, a pencil would come out. So they had, you know, the girl pencils, which would be the rainbows and the bunnies and the whatever on these, like, designer pencils, right? Okay. Um, then for the for the boys, they would have uh, sports teams. Oh, so I okay. remember the football teams were, like, the ones, right? Yeah, they're the ones to get. So there was the – we let's call them the rich kids, the kids that had more than a dollar in their pocket at school, right? Yep. So they're over there, like, pumping quarters into these machines. 
And I remember just thinking like, wow, like I want to have the whole set because everybody wants the whole set. And then, you know, I was, it was Northern California at the time. So I was living in Monterey area. Um, and obviously everybody wanted the 49ers, the Raiders, and it's got to the point where everybody was trying to like get these like prized pencils. And then, you know, a kid would show one, oh, look what I got. And it's in perfect condition. And like, oh, I'll buy it for you for four bucks and I'll buy it for you for eight bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were, you know, these guys, I kind of noticed this and I'm like, oh man, I wish I had eight bucks to buy the San Francisco 49ers pencil, you know, want that pencil. So then I go to the, I go to the store after school one day and I was like, maybe I was with my parents. Maybe I was like skating around. Maybe we were, who knows what we were doing in these stores. And I saw the whole like NFL and then the whole, like all, all di like both divisions in two different packs mm -hmm. and the whole pack was like $4. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, jackpot. Right. So then, and then I you were like you was took all of them. Yeah, so I like bought as many as I could. Mm -hmm. And I go to school and I'm like, look at I have the whole set, which one do you want? So I'm selling them for like pick your pick a dollar a pencil, right? Your pick a dollar a pencil. Um and then for the for the gems, I'd sell them for more. Five yeah. bucks, whatever. So I ended up getting everybody the pencils that they want. I'd you know, i made a ton of money for what it was worth. Um and I was like, Wow, this is kinda cool. Like I can go and buy this and turn around and sell it. Yeah. So an entrepreneurial young man. Right. So then we started me and like one of my other buddies, we would get up well, this is like moving forward a little bit, right? We'd get up early and we would go to yard sales and we go, okay, what should we buy? Anything that's worth money. And then we'd sell it on eBay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we were doing that for a while. And this is like early high schools, right? Yep. High school years. I was always the kid. My parents didn't have any money. But I always had money because I was doing things like this. Yeah. Like, honestly, it was just – it was kind of wild. So, like, my mom would actually ask me for loans sometimes. It wasn't very much money, but she's like, hey, like, can I borrow 100 bucks? Can I borrow – because I'd always have it. Yeah, right? it's a good place to be. Right. So, you know, with that being said, I was basically doing a lot of eBay and that kind of thing. And then it turned into um, – uh, I like skateboarding. So mm -hmm. I made these skateboards – I don't know if you ever remember. I don't know if you skate, but CCS California Cheapskates is what it was called, and it was this little magazine booklet that came out, and I would or I'd get it, and they'd have all these little boards, right? So I'd cut the boards out, and then I'd glue them to a blind that I'd go to the store and go to, like the blind shop. Yep. And then I would get um, one of my other friends worked at the skate shop, so I get all the cut off grip tape, mm -hmm. um, like all the end end pieces, and then I would cut them out, and I'd make little finger skateboards. And yeah, like the Tectex kind of thing? Yeah, exactly, yeah. but without the wheels. Okay. So it was almost like a snowboard, right? Yep. But it was still a skateboard. Mm -hmm. And this was before those, like, Tectex came out, and I would sell them at school. And then, you know, this is, like, moving up into high school years, and then um, burning CDs, Napster, like, all that kind of stuff came out. So then one of my other buddies, I kind of had, like, a little thing with him where we would take um, orders so like 15 songs or and these, these 15 songs would obviously be royalty free songs that you'd find online <laughs> on Napster because yeah. you wouldn't be getting anything illegal you don't want uh, the right. guys from Metallica getting upset with you exactly so we found all the free ones in, in, in Mexico somewhere you know yep as uh, you do yeah we'd cross the border go do there and then come back so anyway um, we'd, we'd compile these songs and we'd, and we'd sell them mm -hmm. right and then we'd sell them to these kids and then they'd be like, you know, for let's say it's like $15, a dollar song, whatever. And you can have your own mix, you know, whatever tape, all your favorite songs, certain kind of genres on one disc. Yep. Um, so we were doing that for a while and then that kind of phased out, you know, because uh, 
you start getting everybody's demands in your school and then you have nowhere else to sell it. You yeah. know, it's like, but we did a lot. Like it was pretty surprising. So about that time, I really started getting into cars. So then what I started to do was I, I'd go to the junkyard and I'd get parts and I'd sell them. Oh, right? okay. So then we decided, me and my friend, my friend Josh at the time, uh, we said, you know what? We got to do this, this like senior project. So for our senior project, what I decided to do, I had this great idea. Um, if you remember the, the white gauge faces, mm-hmm. okay, they, they were illuminated and stuff like this. But even before that, so this is like right when I had my first CRX, probably um, like my last years of high school, um, kind of, yeah, like pretty much my senior year because it was the senior year project. Um, we decided to, well, it was, the project was to make a business. So we made a business selling these white gauges. So we go to the junkyard. I would um, acquire the faces from the clusters or buy the whole cluster or, you know, just yeah. figure out ways. Oh, this one's damaged. Uh, yeah. Can I take this? Just take it. It's broken. You know, whatever. So we get the faces. And then I was also kind of interested in digital imaging. Oh, okay. So what we did was in my class, my digital imaging class, we scanned all the gauges. Mm-hmm. We made them white. Yep. We changed the red lines on them. We put like maybe like business companies logos, which we shouldn't have done, but I'm not going to say what business companies they were. There was just ones in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, Mexican business companies, you know, whatever. Um, With custom red lines and uh, other little customer requested customization of whatever the hell they want. Um, Can I cuss on this? You can. So I said hell, but you know. So we asked That's okay. (laughs) Kiwi doesn't mind. Kiwi's absolutely fine with that. Okay. So... We, um, what am I getting at here? Uh, took the, took the gauges, made them how they want, you know, and then we put, we scanned them. We printed them out on glossy photo paper, cut them out with exacto blades. Right. And then we were able to actually fit them into the different the clusters. Cluster fit the clusters. Yeah. So we would, you know, make sure that they're the exact size and everything. There's all these little things you got to do. Photoshop, turn them in, then you have to go to illustrator and turn them into all sorts, crisp lines, vectorized images and stuff like that. Um, it worked. It was awesome. So we actually made it to like the semifinal round of the young entrepreneur, whatever. And it was just a big boost of confidence. Like, you know, the company never really did anything because the illuminated multicolored whatever gauges came out and yeah, everybody flocked to like those. Moved across the needle. Technology moved. Right. So ours were maybe, I don't remember exactly what they cost, between 15 and $30 for the white gauges. Okay. Our like name quote was called Gauge Tech, right? Oh. With a K at the end. Gauge Tech. Because you need the K. Obviously. Yeah, of course, because that's like the ricer thing to do at the time. You always yeah. have the K. You know, it's it's not it's not tech. It's tech. You know. Yeah. So um, Gauge Tech, and we, I think we got beat out. I remember we got beat out with a young entrepreneur thing, um, by a girl that basically did what my mom did, which was hilarious designer gift baskets and you'd load them with chocolates and whatever the theme could be and they always taste like melon right and i'm like really because i could have taken my mom's business and like it was a lit literally literally what what the what the, no one's ever done that before either. yeah it's a completely just well i think that honestly the judges probably couldn't wrap their head around what like what the gauges like think about it if you're not a car person and you're yeah, just like I mean, somebody's mom and you're like Oh, well, these kids are very clever. It's nice, but I've already got gauges. Why do I need to take them out yeah. and then put new ones in? Take them out, make them white. Like, yeah. why would you make them white? Why white? Wouldn't that do be a distraction? Get, get dirty? Yeah. 
So I actually use those in, in my in one of my cars, and we like sold them to a few people online. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because they look so good, right? Yeah. But they're ink. So if you leave your car outside, they start to fade. Right, yeah. So then all the red turned pink, yeah. and then thank <laughs> God that they were white. Yeah. So then you know, but I could only imagine if somebody still. Or like you know, if you had those on your car for five years, you'd just be like, eventually you couldn't see any of the numbers, you know. It would always fade away to nothing. Right. Like, look, officer, this is. I was just going the speed limit down in Mexico. Look, yeah, the cars are there. It's fine. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's kind of what. That's kind of how I got into this. Mm -hmm. You know, like obviously, like organically, the 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 cluster, the gauge cluster thing is going to turn into the next automotive related thing. So the next automotive related thing was. I'm still eBay fiend, you know? Okay. I literally, like, uh, so something that I forgot about, I worked at a golf course for a while, too. Uh, Poppy Hills Golf Course. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, eventually got let go because of some stupid thing, and it, I was selling it, but I was perf perfectly able to do it because it was in the given amount of allotment of time. I just wasn't supposed to be selling it on eBay, quote-unquote, and that's why I got let go. So... Me at Poppy Hills finding golf balls, finding golf clubs, finding – I'm talking like it, these guys would play golf and they'd do tournaments and then they'd have their like drinks and all this. Like I would literally like – well, I'm a high school kid, so college, whatever. I would gather up all the beer cans and then we'd go to the party and like a party and I would have all the beer because I just got it from the golf course because everybody left there. You leave – I mean if one group leaves one beer – in 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 a and you're putting away a hundred carts. Yeah, you're gonna have like at least when there's a big tournament, you're gonna have at least forty beers. Of course, right? And you don't want them to go to waste. Right, exactly. And probably a couple hundred golf balls, and then you have all the sleeves and the containers, and you can just build your own fifty dollar boxes of like Pro V ones, mm -hmm. sell them on eBay. Right? Um, somebody would leave a club. You could have a good club. Leave it behind. Uh, we put it in a in a back room. If nobody calls in like two, three weeks, then you get to keep it. That seems fair game to me. All right. So I then, can't see any problems with that. I then, mean, I say 10-second rule, really, but then yeah. after that, it's fine. So, I mean, you give, the, you give the drunk guys a couple, you know, days to think about that they lost a club, and then, and then, then it's going to go up on eBay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, man, I was, like, making really good money. Like, I was making probably as much as the guys upstairs that have been there for 10 years, you know. And I'm, like, the outside service staff just, you know, cleaning golf carts. So with that being said, you know, money was pretty good in high school and like in the college. Which is because nice. I was, yeah, because I was doing that kind of stuff. So how I kind of got into the wiring thing was I had a CRX and I was taking a college course. And I wanted to do a B16 swap, mm -hmm. B16A JDM OBD-O. Okay, so OBD-0, B16, like an 89 engine into like an 89 CRX. My assignment, because my okay, my professor happened to be a Honda technician. Oh, which is handy. Which is really handy, and, and actually, that's why I took the class because I heard that this guy Will is going to be the teacher, and he's an old Honda tech, and like all these like a few Honda friends that I had. It was very few um, living in Monterey, going to Monterey Peninsula uh, Monterey Peninsula College. Um, so he he taught a course, and he literally said your assignment is to, he knew I want to do the B16. Go to LA, go to HMO, Steve, at H, you know, Honda Motors Online is how it used to be called, um, and buy your engine, bring it back up, swap it in your car. You don't got to do any book work. You're just going to be the guy in the back working on the car, and you don't have to take any tests, but if the car fires, then you get an A. 
hey, that's a that's a good class to be right. in. And like that's I wish such, all the classes were like that. That's like motivation, right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. I'm like hell yeah, because I was I was looking for tools, I was looking for lift, I was looking for all these things, mm-hmm. and I actually just started. And I was doing instead of doing the bookwork, I was taking notes, um, taking pictures, taking notes. So I made a website where you actually kind of step by step. My little handle was called Dropped C R X S I, and that was my handle on all the forums. Mm-hmm. And I had a web, excuse me, web page, web page. You know, was a tutorial like these are the axles that you need. This is what you could buy. This is how to do them yourself. You use that inner, that outer, this shaft. Specify this way. Specify that way. And that, that kind of grew into like a nice little thing on how to do these swaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously OG guys like Brian Gillespie from Housesport. You know, he had all these solutions, but I was kind of maybe figuring maybe slightly different different directions or but obviously i'd use his mount kit i'd use all as much components as as he could throw at it at, at me you know um so ended up doing that web page um getting the car to run and i needed to build an obd0 vtex sub harness okay i think hasport had one but i was like 75 bucks uh, i can make that right so I went to the junkyard, grabbed a couple plugs, and just like ran them to the to the ECU. Added VTEC, VTEC pressure switch, and we're back again after a little bit of an interruption. Ryan, you're a busy guy. Yeah, I got guys just you know walking through walking the door. Walking through the door, customers. I mean, it's what it is. Kiwi jumped up, all excited. Should know what was happening. But now <laughs> we've got to get back to your harness story. Yeah. So I was wiring the CRX project, right? Yeah. I uh, had to add VTEC, VTEC pressure switch, knock, and then a secondary oxygen sensor. So I um, got the car to fire up, mm-hmm. got it to work. I actually like wired something backwards along the way, and it was actually something that nobody really knew about, and it was awesome that I figured this out. So like the oxygen sensors were technically the the Japanese version, because I was using the Japanese computer, it mm-hmm. has two O2 sensors, and they're just like single-wire O2s. It's like a, a cumulative bank and then a cumulative bank. So I tried to copy it. I had like an aftermarket header, and I had welded it on, and I welded it the exact same way. Now, the plugs were opposite between the Japanese and the U.S. So the single-wire USA plug was the secondary-wire on the Japanese one. Okay. So it threw everybody in the entire world apparently off because everybody did these OBD0, B16 swaps, their CRXs. They get on the highway and you go constant throttle mm-hmm. and then you'd like let off and tip in and it would just start breaking up like and it was such a common problem. So I experienced it as well and then I realized, oh my God, I looked at the wire colors, I looked at what was factory. I ended up flipping them and the car ran beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. So the, you know, O2, like, it's just a narrow band O2 sensor, but, like, it was, like, fighting itself, basically, because it was thinking it was measuring one bank, and then it was... But it wasn't, yeah. It was right. Too, yeah. So that was something super cool, and I was able to actually get give that knowledge to all these people on forums mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and that kind of led into getting more popular on forums. And I wasn't this, like, post guy where it's, like, I want 50 million posts, but... I would try to help a lot of people, and then my my wiring stuff kind of knowledge was just starting to grow, right? Yeah, so it was like quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. So I started, let's see, I'm trying to think exactly how it worked out, but the little sub harnesses turned to 
uh, dual point to multi point conversion. I don't know if you're even. Are you how familiar are you with Honda stuff? I'm terrible. Okay. I'm terrible with everything. I basically okay. know nothing about cars, which okay. is why I try and get all these smart and intelligent people on to tell me, and then I can learn stuff. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So you have this this CRX chassis. But my wife, on the other hand, who detests the podcast, watches well, she listens to every single one. She okay. Always likes hearing about all this new stuff. Okay. Yeah, and then my mum too. She's a big fan of it. So okay. look, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I mean, there's at least three people that listen to it. That's the important thing. That's good. That's good. Well, maybe I could bring. Maybe I can convince some of my like shop guys to listen to it or something and there bring it go. up to like five or yeah, something. Yeah, like push it up there. Yeah. So um, what I'm getting at is where was I talking? <laughs> was I talking? Are you about? asking about how about your engine when you need to switch and we did the O2 sensors? Right, 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 right. Okay. So And then you talk about the harnesses. So there's a the dual point CRX. Mm-hmm. It's a two fuel injector with a four cylinder engine. Yep. Uh almost like a carburetor looking mixture. They has fuel injectors, but it's like it's almost like somebody visually looked at it and said, you know what? I'm this carburetor guy, and I'm not ready to do fuel injection yet. So we're going to make one trim multi-point fuel injection, and we're going to make another one dual-point fuel injection. So sequential injectors yep. or kind of batched injectors. Um, this dual-point is the car that everybody seems to find because they made more of them. I guess they were cheaper. It's the non-SI, Yeah, right? the non-SI version. Yeah. So because they were so plentiful and everybody seemed to have these DX or standard Civics or whatever – a lot of cars got built from Honda dual point. Um, it was a pretty simple conversion if you understood. So what I did was I, I did one one time. And the funny thing is I actually did one for a girl that was a really good friend of mine at the time. So what I did was I listen, listen, I'm going to try to prepare this dual point to multi-point conversion harness mm-hmm. to save us time. And I want to try to do your swap in one day. Okay. Because I didn't have a lot of, you know, I had a lot of time. I was like college student and stuff. And I'm like, I'll get my buddy's truck. We'll go. I'll bring the, I'll bring an engine because I had like a spare engine and I wanted to get her CRX back on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a lot with like the Northern California CRX Club. I mean, this is like so old school, 99, 2000, you know, like this is this is a long time ago. Um, so I wanted to get, her name's Jade and she's still a really good friend of mine. I just, just went to her wedding a couple years ago and, you know, we stay close. And I wanted to get her car on the road. And like I said, this was so many years ago. I made this harness. It was to OBD1 because it was a D16Z6 engine. So it's like the 92-95 engine mm-hmm. in the 88-91 car. Yeah. So it has different computer. It has all these different electronics. Yeah, different everything, right. basically. Yeah. But the car originally was dual point DX. So <clears throat> I decided to kind of make something that would just save me time. And it was this pre-made harness. And I ended up going up there. And we wired it into the car. It was like literally like four wires. I got a pin into the ECU and then just a little jumper. And it was it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. And <clears throat> looking back, it was a piece of junk. But it was she still says today, I had I have your first DPFI to MPFI, right? Hopefully <clears throat> she's kept it. There's gonna be a collector's item soon. I know, right? Actually I heard the car's like it's she's gonna sell it if she hasn't already. It's like so beat. She keeps getting hit, <laughs> right? It's one of those ones that's a magnet car? Yeah. It's not so they had they were always used to say with CRX is the Y forty nine curse. Y forty nine is a color code for the yellow CRX. Mm-hmm. Apparently the yellow CRX just did not live. Just like, get can't, hit. They yeah. can't find them. So her was hers was white. Um, you know, she called it like snow bubble or something. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you know. <clears throat> anyways, she was a typical girl, but then 
for whatever reason, like really, really into cars and more specifically CRXs. So and after this, when you tell her about it, you'll be able to tell her she'll be really into the No Breaking podcast. Exactly. See? She's going to hear this and she's like, oh, my, my CRX is worth, you know, an extra thousand bucks now. Podcast maybe. millions worth now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, beater wiring harness ended up working. Now, funny enough, when I pulled a couple of the pins for the, basically it's batched together fuel injector. So you got to pull one of the pins out for the injector and you got to put a fresh one in. Mm-hmm. So there's two that you just pull out. And I, I didn't tape them off, right? I just I guess I just didn't think about it. I was rushing. I was trying to get the whole swap done in, in one day. day. Yeah. And she actually was the one turning the wrenches. I was telling her what to do. And if she couldn't get a bolt loose, I would just crack it loose and then she would like re you know, ratchet yeah. it out. So we literally put this engine together in like a day, right? Very, very little help from me just pointing and telling her, Okay, next step, do this, do that, do this, do that. Um and anyway, I had to do the wiring though, because she was like, I, "I don't even know how to use a soldering iron. I don't know what the hell I'm doing." So, I I put away the ECU case and I put it all back in, and these two fuel injector wires that, in my mind, for whatever reason, I thought they were a dead circuit. Mm-hmm. And when I turned the car on, smoking out the tailpipe, like, "What's going on? Oh my god!" I pulled all the ECU out. I mean, not smoking like fire, but smoking like exhaust, like yeah. excess fuel. Yeah. So then I pulled the cover off. And I realized these two pins – or no, I sorry. I started it up perfect. I was like, wow, it's running great. We drove it around the block. We're like, whoa, what, like what happened? Is there a pin loose or something? Like what's going on? So it was just because those exposed fuel injectors. So I just had some like heat trick or something. I put it, it over. I over, burned yeah. it, um, You know, sealed it in, put it, put everything away. Car ran great, still is running great to this, to this day. Um, probably She probably put 150,000 miles on that engine that, I, that we gave her. So – Anyways, that kind of was like, wow, I could do these dual point to multi point conversions now. So the dual point to multi points are are super cool because, like I said, there's a million of these cars. Mm -hmm. So I was literally known enough for doing those. I was doing one to two a day for several years, which isn't bad business, really. Yeah, when you think about it, I would say that I've done I've done over two thousand easy. Okay, where it's physically like. And you charge maybe what ten dollars a go kind of thing? Yeah. They were they were probably two hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, to do the conversion, it took me got it down to an hour and a half to do a conversion, which isn't bad. And then um, you're a machine. Yeah, I was just I was just doing them right. Like my hands were always destroyed. <laughs> I'm talking like fucked, right? Like yeah. you figured... really went with cuss word with that one. Oh yeah. my lord, Kiwi it's... like rolling your eyes. <laughs> so they were bad so bad like i just remember just crispy all the time like washing my hands way too much and uh just baked in uh electrical tape and mm-hmm. oil yep it's like you couldn't give me a fresh harness they always had to be covered in oil yeah you know naturally I yeah mean, it's just terrible condition yeah. right oh send it to him he'll refresh it all and so for 200 dollars is a bargain i mean look i don't yeah, want to clean it for 200 dollars like yeah. getting like who knows what diseases from all this oil just getting baked into my skin so i took the engine looms turn them all apart and then i they'd send me a donor loom and then i would graft in components and then i'd electrical tape it all back together yep. and then the e-tape i get really good at it like i would electrical tape just like stock mm-hmm. and i put the little like rubber um clamps just like stock and then i got more and more and more anal with it right so then they were turning out better and they were going faster 
I mean, the first few might have taken me five hours, but you know, like I said, I oh, got it's it done a work so in progress. Yeah. So I was knocking them out, and then, and then we ended up kind of, we we bought a company. Okay, we were doing well enough that, and I had a business partner at the time, Peter, and he was helping me do it. And he was helping me with a website and like this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So we we were buying OBD zero to OBD one ECU like. Think about a patch harness. Mm-hmm. One plug to another plug. Okay, so one year to another year patch harnesses because I didn't, I couldn't get the whole floor harness from the customer. It would be way too much work for them to send me those to change the ECU plug. So we would just make a plug and play adapter. So we'd buy them from this guy Jason, extremely well known also on the forum mm-hmm. on like Honda Tech. You know, was the the go to forum and Hybrids.jp was the other go to forum. So. Jason Kohler was the dude that made that made the jumper harnesses. So we buy them from him, and he's like, Ryan, dude, like, you guys order more than anybody else, like, by far. You're my best client. And it's going to be a conflict of interest soon because I'm getting a job at Honda doing factory tune-ups. So he was in charge of all the factory calibrations for all the factory cars. Okay. So, like, you drive a TSX, that year, yeah, it's about the year range that he would have been on board with. Yep. And Jason actually, like, programmed that car. Okay. So if that car doesn't drive right and the throttle response is wrong... So blame it on Jason. Then I'll blame it on Jason, right. right? And we can find... You can send us the email address and everything else. Yeah, and then he'll he'll yeah. still have to support all the cars. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, he was working with Honda, and he was responsible for all those and dialing in all those cars. and super cool, but they wouldn't let him have a conflict of interest business. So he said, do you guys want to buy it? I'll fly in, I'll show you where I, you know, kind of get all of my components and show you how to make these. And mm-hmm. if you guys don't want to make them, I have an assembly place that has like a dip solder thing and they have crimpers and stripper machines and all this good stuff. And I'm like, great. Um, how much do you want? And he's like, basically it turned out to be the parts, the components he had pre-made mm-hmm. and like a airplane flight on top. Which isn't bad. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic because we're the best customers. We're the ones set up for this. So we got it going. Everything worked out smooth. It was great. Um, I got a loan from my father. and This uh, wasn't the time that you were able to have that all that money from the the golf sales. What's the main up at that point? Then to the-, <laughs> the, the golf stuff actually kind of helped me get um, modifications to my CRX, uh. which then made me um, somewhat popular, more popular online. And then be- I became a reliable source to send in your wiring loom. Yeah. So that's really the progression of the you whole just, thing. I was just thinking you might have lift over the field of, of the weekend and grabbed a couple of clubs and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go there. head over to the golf course, yeah. steal a bunch of stuff. And, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Borrow. Borrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only good. No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, I, I think at this time I was pretty much already uh, relieved from my position. Oh, okay. There was, there was one guy that was mad and the golf course had nothing to do but to just say, hey, we have to let you go. Like, we yeah. don't want you. You're a great employee, but... Uh, but more more importantly, you've got your new business. Yes. So I said, hell with that. I'm uh, the the my new business is way more fun. So, um, yeah. That's so that's the progression, and then it turned into those those dual point to multi points. Then we were doing we did the whole like you know JK OBD is now Rywire ECU mm-hmm. jumpers, and then we had guys that would be like, hey, I have this, I have an Accord. I have an Accord, and I want to put this H22. It's a Prelude engine, so an Accord with a Prelude, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's try it, you know? So I had guys where they were kind of like maybe, you know, a, 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 um, you know, a returning customer. Mm-hmm. And they were like, 
yeah, man, like, you think you could do it? And I'm like, well, I know I could do it, but, like, there could be there could be potential problems. I could forget stuff. Like, I don't have a, the car in front of me. Yeah. So um, I think I made a trip trip or two to the junkyard on these different occasions when we had different cars. And I try to find them, and I look at them. I try to take some pictures and figure out kind of what's going on. And that was my best resource to just, like, look at a car. And I can clip a couple plugs, and I can... I didn't. I didn't have any really manuals, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't even understand really how to get them, you know. And the the manuals that I could get like weren't good enough. So I would sometimes I would try to bring a multimeter into the junkyard and like ohm out some stuff. Oh, this wire goes here and here. Oh shit, that's why, you know. So I remember there was there was a couple clients where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this right, you know. Like it's okay, it's okay. If I have to send it back to you, if I have to come back to your house, you know, if I was working out of my house, mm-hmm. then so be it. I'm like, oh cool, you know, like thanks for helping so you know things were always seem to work pretty well like oh like what input could you give oh maybe make this longer i had to extend it oh my bad like let's let's make sure that's longer next time yeah uh it's too long okay make this part shorter okay cool so i was just still cutting up harnesses and it was still that that was very little overhead i'm talking donor connectors that i'd buy at the junkyard Mm -hmm. right wire which was dumb cheap compared to my overhead now is like wow yeah um, and then I was starting to get like one or two original style terminals. I was able to actually source like one or two of these terminals, which is, was unreal. You know, like, oh my God, I can actually like get a little W crimper and I can crimp a new pin and that's going to save me a lot of time. I couldn't get the rubber seals, but I could get the pins, the little terminals on there. So I started getting these like little things that were making my life easier and I'm able to kind of do like more than one or three or four harnesses a day Yep, working my ass off, you know, like I'm working, Peter's working, everybody's doing something and it's just the two of us. And then I had a living situation at the time where I was living in San Jose now. Um, and Peter was nearby and he was working out of his dad's house and he was doing the web and all these things. And he was helping me and we're, we we're getting it done. And, um, I remember, you know, uh, my 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 guys that were living with me were like, you know, we're down to help or whatever. I just lost my job or like this happened. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, come and like tear down these harnesses and we'll start doing it, right? So just give them a little stuff, like something that anybody can do. Somebody that doesn't even know about cars. If you just say, here's an X-Acto blade and cut these open and tear all the junk off this and throw it all need. away. This is what you need to throw yeah. away. Yeah. So then they were doing them for me. I remember I had buddies that would come by. I'd be like, okay, who's – this was literally how it was. So I was – I had all the time in the world it felt like when I was a kid, you know. We'd go to the track. We'd go, we'd go night racing in Mexico, uh, all those fun things. And then um, we'd hang out at quickly in San Jose, right? Mm-hmm. And we would – it was like, you know, the boba spot. And we'd be there until 2 o'clock in the morning. But I'd be like, you know, I'd meet all these guys, car guys. Like, hey, come to my house and help me tear down these harnesses. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that's cool, man. I'm down, you know. So all my friends, all these little car clubs, the members would just they just come into the house, yep, and then they they'd go, "What do you got for me?" And I give them all these harnesses, and they, my whole like living room, the whole downstairs of this house, it was like my buddies upstairs. We had like four bedrooms, and it was all of us living upstairs, like Berryessa area, San Jose, and we'd have all these tables, just you know, IKEA junk tables, just like just like just like how Workshops. it is now, yeah, yeah, yeah just like how it is now. Yeah. So all these tables, and then we would have. um all these dudes to like different stations. This is a teardown station. This is a looming station. So everybody would just be like doing something. And then I'd be kind of trying to run the business Mm -hmm. and doing the, like Peter's doing the books, but I'm doing like the other stuff, you know, like I'm doing the, the harder things, I guess you could call it. So 
then I started kind of dabbling into like, oh, this what's this like mil spec thing? And it's like a new Tefcel wire. Like, what's mm-hmm. Tefcel wire? So uh, Danny Tran, uh, which was a guy called DTR, and he used to make exhaust manifolds. Him and his dude Derek were like, we got on this new shit. It's called Tefcel. And, like, you could build a whole loom, and, like, we kind of have some sources for some terminals, and we just, like, soldered the rest. I'm like, I gotta go check this out. And then they had this, like, military aviation, like, circular connector, like, on their firewall. And I'm like, dude, this is, like, next level shit. Yeah, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah, we can't get the car to start. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is not my project. And I'm looking at this, like, whiteboard where there's, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And that was, like, my first kind of just, like, here's a motorsport harness built from... ECU to engine. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this is the next level. This is what I got to do. So as things started to progress, um, I started to get more and more sources for terminals, and that was great, but still nothing for the plastic connectors. So still junkyard diving left and right, yep. donor harnesses. I'd buy harnesses off people for cheap and just get all the stuff I could get. So we were building harnesses. I'm like paying dudes to come into the house, like work for five hours. Like here's 50 bucks. Like mm-hmm. here's a hundred bucks, whatever. Cool. I'll be back. Like they'll just, they, it was almost like Uber, you know, like, oh, I can clock in for a couple hours. I can make a couple bucks and I'll jet out of there. And like, literally it was like that. Just like all these dudes just working and like whatever. Um, it wasn't quite that crazy, but you can kind of like, that's like what I, I, I see it as still today is that multiple people and they're all at their stations and stuff. So, and you cracking the whip? The not, not really. I'm just like trying Get to fit to work. I'm just, I'm just, I'm working as hard as they are. Just like the table, I have like the bigger table or like you know probably you smaller like a table. raised section. And no, it like honestly, I, and... I probably had the smaller table, and they all have the bigger <laughs> table. So that's always how it works out. So, um, let's see. So then I started doing like okay, there was this small company that was doing wiring for race cars, and they did a lot of like airplanes and stuff. PRS, uh, I don't remember what it's called, something like that. Um, and I ordered wire from them, like just give me five thousand feet of white Tefcel twenty gauge, right? I don't know, like I don't even know what I'm doing. Just give me a big ass roll of that aviation wire. Cool, sent it to me. And then and then uh, you know they're like, oh, we have this Raychem. Uh, maybe they had a different brand, but they had um, better quality heat shrink. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, okay, this is kind of cool. I was just using like whatever heat shrink I could find or I was using just corrugated and electrical tape. Mm-hmm. So then I started like looming these harnesses and I was trying to build it from – because I already had the ECU pins and all that because yep. I was making those patch harnesses. Yep. Jason gave me the resource and I had some of the stuff um, and some of the pins kind of fit. and You can modify them and it was like not the right way to do it. But that was the only way I could even think about doing it. So, like, I was making these harnesses, like, oh, my God, it's a brand new harness. I just made, like, a standalone race wiring loom. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, I haven't plugged this into a car yet, but let's see what I can go with this. And then, you know, Danny was over there still trying to figure out how to get that. Uh, it was an RSX race car. How to get their, like, mil-spec, quote-unquote, harness working. Yep. So then I'm, like, wiring. It was, like, a B-series Honda application. And then I kind of like – I did it on my friend Nick who's my roommate at the time as well. He was always like the successful one, always had like the really good jobs. Yeah. But he had a CRX as well. Um, and then he he's like, dude, why are my car bill spec, right? So I went on eBay and found an AV. I figured out a part number 
you know, MS, whatever, mil spec, da da da, this does a 59, da 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 da. And I like found it. It was like a 41 pin connector, and they looked like that if this one, this one connector was a couple digits off the other one. Yeah, and then close. I found another one, and it looked like they could fit. And it like worked. I ordered actually a few of them because I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. So then I, and then I found like the little shell. And then I believe that that company that I was ordering from, I don't think they had the mil spec connectors. Um, found it on eBay. It was literally like an airplane cut, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, it came with terminals or something. Maybe they're used or I don't even know. So I made this CRX, B-series swap CRX that we did. <clears throat> OBD1 with a mil spec harness. Yep. And like a lot of people, a lot of people online when I posted it up, shared pictures, kind of said what I was doing. It was like in Nick's build thread. Like this is what Ryan's helping me with. Half the people lost their shit. Oh my God, that's the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Fucking want it. Yeah. Right? And then the other people were like, why would you do that? That's so dumb. What's wrong with the stock harness? Right? And I'm like, I don't know, next level shit. I'm just trying to like... Push it. I'm just trying to learn and I'm just trying to exceed in doing this very... very. At the time, it was almost like... no Nobody cared at all about wiring. Mm-hmm. It was like there would be zero people that would on their build sheet if they made it into a magazine would, would mention their wiring would mention their wiring unless it was like oh i i i retaped the whole thing in red electrical tape that's like yeah. the old like in you know like <laughs> like maybe 2000 there might be people that oh i went with electrical tape blue on my harness yeah and, and it, before then you knew that pop. it was just about how bad the wiring was and how it never works before yeah it then. never works and it's or, awful yeah, so... Apparently on English cards, but I don't believe that. Yeah, of course. Apparently, of course. Yeah. I don't believe it. So yeah, some of the fuses on some of those those cars are, are interesting. But at any rate, um, the the wiring harness, you know, evolved into this, like, kind of pseudo-motorsport harness, but with all factory plugs, right? Yep. Mil-spec, I don't understand that. Like, nobody knew what that was. So like, okay, what's well, the connector? So then all of a sudden it just became a mil-spec harness was the mil-spec connector, the aviation, like connector quick quick disconnect firewall cannon plug whatever the hell you want to call it so then uh we did that one and then i was building a crx with a k in it at the time and this was like oh well well over this is like 10 plus years ago Mm -hmm. and then um i wanted to redo the wiring it was on a k pro ecu like when that kind of came out and had the hotsport mounts and it was it was really cool and i and um i was i was i was trying to get it done for a car show um Called I don't even know this could have been JDM Theory or or it was or it was Weekfest known today as Weekfest, you know they're on like twenty years or whatever. They've been going strong They've for a while. Those guys, yeah. Or so this in is, the US and this everywhere is like, else. This is like right there, like when you know mm-hmm. maybe Weekfest one or two in the underground parking garage in San Francisco. Yeah, so where it all started, it was underground in Japantown, underground parking structure. This place was amazing. Like it was like straight out of like the Fast and the Furious, like Tokyo song, you know, and that whole thing's on all these people. It was that. You roll up, your car's like rumbling, you know. I kind of started the like no hood thing because my engines wouldn't fit into the hood, right? So then I'd roll up to the show and I have no hood on and it was just be all a case swap CRX. Anyway, I wired this thing all mil spec, quote unquote, with a Canon plug K series, right? Got it running. Took it into the show. I even did the first, um, you know, that I had done, a tucked radiator. So I made this radiator fit under the course port because I needed a little bit more clearance. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, for me, it was always a challenge. Like, I didn't care if I'm going to spend a lot of money yeah, because it was more than that. Like, this whole thing, 
to me was more than that. Like you can't go – there wasn't ever like, well, it's, it costs too much to do that. Like no, you work your ass off and you decide that that's what you want to do. You do it, right? So I wanted to tuck my radiator underneath my front court support. Mm-hmm. I found a company called Griffin where you could literally draw a picture on there. They have like a file that you print. You draw what you want and then they just build Make it. it for you. They always do it wrong. But it's uh, <laughs> a good stuff. <laughs> but, but like if you have most nine-tenths of it, then you could get it to work. So <clears throat> I built this radiator on paper. They sent it to me. Cost me like six hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? Six hundred bucks was a lot for me for a radiator at the time. It's still a lot for a radiator now, to be yeah. honest. If you're buying a general one, mm-hmm. you're right. Sorts. So the six hundred dollar radiator didn't quite work perfectly, but it worked a little bit. Uh, well, cooling was fine, but like you know, just as far as fit and all this stuff. So the radiator, the harness, uh, people took note. Like it, you know, it got the best. It was like the best car at the show mm-hmm. for like their award kind of process. I'm not going to say it was the best car at the show, but I'm saying, like, according to whoever judged it, they liked it the most. So I was like, that's And pretty- that wasn't you. Just be clear. It was not you. You were not judging your own car. No, I was not judging. That's a bit unfair. Right, right, right. right. So whenever now I judge events, um, I never judge my own car. And I actually don't even want to be judged anymore. I don't feel that I even – because I do judge things, I don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. My past was a lot of – it was show car, right? Show car. Um, and it still is to a certain extent, but we do a shit ton of motorsports. Um, so let's keep it back. You know, I mean, it's in the title, so it kind of gives it away, right? Right, exactly. Motorsport, not with the S, right. without the S. Motorsport electronics. Yeah. So, um, it was just that people saw this as now it's all of a sudden it's a wire tuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so after doing that CRX with a mil spec, it's like oh, mil spec wire tucked, tucked radiator, and it was tuck, tuck, tuck tuck fuel lines because I wanted it to be everything to be really clean. I ba- I I took every single system in the car, brakes, fuel, electronics, uh, cooling, every component in my, my it was my my green CRX. The CRX was white and then turned green. That guy right there, the super street car right there on the wall. On the wall. One so, of many on the wall, I might of, add. Yeah, one of many. And um, there's going to be many more going up from yep. judging by today. Yeah. So that CRX, it was green at the time. It was the IS, the IS um, Toyota Lexus green with a white Mugen uh, MF10Ls, and I did a bunch of like chrome bits. Mm-hmm. And this was this was kind of before a lot of the chrome stuff started to kind of pop up. But I, the funny thing is, I saw a lady at the post office that had the Desert Sage Metallic IS, and I said, "Hi, excuse me, I love the color of that car. What, um, you know, what what color is that?" She's like, oh, well, I get it all the time. So I actually looked it up. It's called Desert Sage Metallic. Great. That's all I need to know. I'm going to paint my CRX that color. And she's like, what? Okay, whatever, right? <laughs> so then, uh, you know, I, 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 we ended up painting that, that color. My, my buddy Sonny, like, painted the whole CRX for me. Uh, did an amazing job. And the car was just, it was pretty striking. Like, I was kind of, in, like, in love with that car. K20R, made, like, 230 horsepower all motor. Um you know, cams, intake, header, exhaust, custom, 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 custom. Everything was custom. And all the chrome bits, because that Lexus had some chrome accents, it made me go, chrome is the accent color. Yep. Right? Um, and I wanted to do then I did a color match valve cover. Um, I was really creative. So everybody says, you know, the RBC, RRC, RBC intake manifold, which was like factory Honda's upgraded, better flowing manifold, 
it stood too tall because it was like originally from like a TSX or whatever the heck it was. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to fit underneath the CRX hood. Only the like RSX version intake manifold fit. So what I got this idea, I'm like, I, I don't want to like cut and make it crazy. What I want to do is I want to try to drop the plenum. So I decided that I was going to have a machine shop jig this for me and just like machine down the thickness, the girth of the plenum. So then the whole manifold will just drop. I'm like looking at it like, I don't know. It'll be exponential. Just as much as I can yeah. drop it, it'll drop the plenum. So we did it. And then I ended up using like little nylon washers and just hardware and bolted it in. And I did like a before and after measurement and it dropped it an inch. Which and is it, a sizable amount. And it was enough to clear the, the Japanese hood. Yeah. It's like now I got like all kinds of stuff that nobody's ever done before. The harness, the the radiator. Um, I did the the plenum modification. So it's like the only CRX with that running that intake manifold. Yeah. Like how the hell did you do that? You yep. know. And it looks like well, how does it look lower? But like oh, you see it like genius. You mm-hmm. know, like everybody's just like necks are broken. They're like this is so cool. So, and I'm just like I'm just like whatever about it because I'm just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, I figured that out. Like it was almost like these math equations. Like if you, I'm, I completely suck at math, but I could only imagine when these guys are doing these complex equations, they just want to get to the end that the result is what matters. And then they figure out how to get there, you know? And if you see the beginning and the end, you're like, wow, this guy is a genius. It's like, no, you're doing basic math all the way down until you get to the end. Yeah. And that's how I, cause I am not that really that smart when it comes to, um, just, regular stuff like my girlfriend is so much smarter than me and she like literally just does everything for me because i can't do anything except for my work so (laughs) it's funny because i'm i'm just you know i i have had to become smart with uh kind of running the business and not plunging it to the ground but which is handy yeah so it's funny because i just you know my brain's always everywhere and it's it's just funny how i work and i and i've come to realize that now after 36 years um, that I think differently than people and it's not always like good. It's just, I try to think basic and come to the end. So, um, the car did really well and it kind of led into, um, friends wanting me to do their cars and then everything just, so then I decided, you know, my roommates were starting to move out, get in relationships, get out of relationships. I said, I'm starting to work with these guys in LA. So I'm in San Ho, San Jose. I'm starting to work with all these dudes in LA and I was doing pretty well. Like I had an NSX and I was daily driving it <laughs> and I had my CRX race car. You know, it really was, it turned it more into a track car. Yep. I literally, you know, showing it. And then I just, the whole goal was to, I would, we would circuit race like all the time. We take it to the road course, we'd race. So we were show guys, but I'm, I'm racing the cars on the weekends, you know, uh, button willow and fitting on all these different cool places we were going. So, I drive my NSX down to SoCal and I remember there was clients that I was working with because of, you know, the internet mm-hmm. and, and forums and like, Hey, come down here and do this on my car. So big Mike, obviously, you know, you, everybody knows him if they've, you know, listened to the podcasts. No, they, um, list, they only know about him from the podcast and not that TV show that he was on. Yeah. That TV show. Yeah. That, sure. <laughs> Either one. Sure. So, or, or a million other ways that you could know him. Yeah. Like the think bigger project, which of you course. all enjoy and appreciate. Ex- exactly. So, 
Um, Mike's was one of my clients that turned into a friend, and that was a long time ago. You know, because one, he's a very nice guy. Let's be of honest. Of course, he's going he's gonna to listen to this because now he promises that he listens to them after not listening to any before. So we'll have to listen to this one now. <laughs> right, and me too. Right, and yeah. now I'll be listening to all of them. Exactly, not just, not just the Porsche ones. Right. What did I say? Like two and a half. I I had I had listened to. And then so. he reeled off like five. Yeah. So I yeah yeah. I actually listened a lot more. Yeah. So so I was working on Mike's car, and then I think uh, I think we were like working with BC a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple like Mike Mike G. Uh, you probably don't know him, but he's uh, he had like a at the time an influential car. Uh, Arn um, Arn actually <clears throat> we were working on his car. Arn was like the first guy to take this rare Bugen wheel, and he made him in gold. Okay. And Rhoda and all these companies now copied that exact wheel. So, you know, they were, they were like the bigger names in this kind of like Honda community, right? Mm-hmm. I was doing like little stuff for other kinds of cars just for favors for friends because I kind of understood and could get a grasp and like yep. tackle it. We did like an LS1 and like – but I didn't want to focus. I want to focus on Honda. <clears throat> so we're doing all these dudes' cars and like I was like, you know what, guys? Fuck this. I'm driving. I'm, I'm, I'm moving down here. Because my roommate situation was starting to change. My business situation was starting to change. So um, I looked for a shop in Santa Ana, the one that we're sitting in today. Um, and this was like eight years ago probably. And I got the shop. And then I started uh, David, the one that is actually sits right here at this desk. Well, I'm in his chair right the now. The one that you're in the, in the squeaky chair. And I'm not fighting in it, David, at all. all right. That's all right. And so he, so, da- so David was another kind of you know influential guy. He had a, a really nice Civic, and mm-hmm. people took note of that car. And I was I was doing a, a wiring harness for him, and then we became really closer friends. So when I come down to Nor- uh, SoCal, I would stay at David's house. His his he was living with his mom at the time and his wife, girlfriend at the time, and um, <clears throat> they would let me sleep on their couch. So I'd sleep on the couch. I'd do these. Work- I'd, sometimes I'd even bring a car to David's house, and his mom was super cool, super chill, didn't care. Um, I'd bring a project and I'd be working on like, I remember, oh, we were doing Honda Insight, the, the, um, gasoline hybrid Insight, 600 horsepower, like five, like most highest horsepower hybrid car in the world. I think at that time, Mm -hmm. um, really cool. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was like, this didn't work. I add the sensor, double up that to make this work. Like we were just at the seat of our pants trying to figure out how to make these things go. Um, and I'm just coming down from NorCal. And I talked about it yesterday. I was doing a Hoonigan, Hoonigan thing, and we were on live Twitch. And somebody asked a question. And, I, and then I said, when I would drive from SoCal to NorCal and vice versa, I'd go through the middle of the night. Because I didn't want to waste time. So I would, I would work all day. And then Sunday night, 10 o'clock p.m., I would get in my NSX or you know whatever car I was driving. But a lot of times it was NSX. Drive up to NorCal. And when I was driving back home to get to work for Monday morning, because I literally just would not sleep for maybe an hour or two, um, I would think about what I can do to better my business, better myself, better to do all these things. And obviously, I wasn't thinking about the sleep thing because that would have actually bet- bettered myself. It might have helped I, a little sometimes. Yeah. So lack of sleep, muscling through. I had a couple of scary like, well, I should have fucking pulled over kind of things. Like I remember driving and I'm just on the road and – I thought I'm going normal, and then all of a sudden, a semi is coming at me, 
And I'm like, ah, and I actually woke myself up and I was driving like 15 miles an hour on the freeway. And I'm like, yeah, my body probably had a violent dream to try to wake my ass up. Yeah. Give you a bit of an insight there. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, it's maybe time for you to take a nap. Right. And I'm in like, for me, like a $30,000 NSX, which is probably worth like 90,000 now, but a $30,000 car that like, I don't have 30, like I spent all my money on this car, yeah, which exactly. is a damn good investment because I knew it would be a good investment. But like, I probably had like eight, ten thousand bucks in my bank account mm-hmm. and a thirty thousand dollar car. Like, I'm doing cool, but I'm not like if I crash that car, like all bad, right? Yeah, especially if you're in it. Yeah, exactly, all bad for everybody and myself and the car and everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try to sleep more, and you know, that's another thing. <laughs> and just don't uh, wind the windows down when you go past Koalinga. Yeah, I know. You have to keep them up, and then that's so. I would do this thing where I would. It was one of my friends at the time. Actually, we do take these long drives, and we would like point at something and then wave, and you'd focus on it. It sounds super stupid, <laughs> but then because you're focused on something and you're paying attention to like you're going sixty plus miles an hour, and then you're like looking at an object and you like try to like almost like you're interacting with this object. Yeah, it gives you an extra like four minutes of of awake time. Uh. I see. I, it was just you had to come up with these things because I'm not trying to sleep. Look, it's the you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, this was really weird. So we would do that, and then well, it's better than doing the cigarettes and letting them burn your fingers. Like yeah, the truck drivers apparently do. Right, that's not really I, ideal. I don't smoke. I never really did. So yeah, that's that kind of rules that out. And I wouldn't want my interior to get burned. No, so. or smell like cigarettes. Yeah, no, either either one's bad. So, um, <clears throat> I decided, yeah, let's find a shop. Let's move down to SoCal, right? Um, I found a shop. I was staying at David's house for a little while and I, I found a friend of mine. His name's James, Steve, Steve James. Sorry. Uh, we call him Pi. I literally like don't remember his name because he's Pi. Okay. So Pi was like, I need a place to stay too. I'm looking for a spot. I'm like, all right, Pi, let's just get a spot. Right. So in Fountain Valley right here, we got a house and we're, you know, having a good time living together, going out a lot. And I'm just like running the business and, and right about that time, you know, I needed somebody. So I got David, David work for me. Cause he was working at kind of doing the same thing, but for like DJ equipment, like, you know, these microphones that we have, like he'd be selling yeah. you this stuff. Okay. He was pretty educated in that pretty educated in Hondas, mm-hmm. not educated in wiring and electronics for Hondas. So I was like, whatever, just, let's just start somewhere. Like this is the long you can haul. Learn. Yeah. Like, I will be your mentor. Right, exactly. So I'm like, let's make this happen. He said, cool. Um, can you like maybe match what I was making at my other place? And I'm like, God damn, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking at the time because I didn't – we didn't have any like – we had employees, but they were always like my roommates. Yeah. And I just it's pay like for – friends' rates. And I just pay for rent for the yeah. whole house because it's like shop, yeah. you know? So then it's like then you you know you work for me and then you make a little bit of money but and everybody was like content with the money but, but it wasn't when you get a business and you got employees and you yeah. got health insurance and you got insurance yeah oh, all these things I was like holy shit yeah. this is real deal shit this is now. adulting yeah I'm super adulting and then I have a office and I have a back room for storage and I have upstairs storage and I have a shop space that and can I have a phone that I have to leave a mature message on in case someone wants to leave a message yes. So it became very serious. I, I haven't very got that quick. far yet with yeah. the messages. Still I know. Yeah. So we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. So um, basically, what what it ended up happening was I at the same time I literally found a source or a strategy to find the plastic connectors. I I don't know if you've ever felt this in your life, but 
I got the chills all up my spine. Um, money signs started like I literally saw them in my eyeballs. I mean, you know, like I'm not trying to say that I was acting that way, but I was extremely excited because I could just think the wheels were turning. I was like, wow, maybe I can actually pay for my employee because if I make this plug, if I get these plugs and I spend all this money on all these plugs, then I can just like make all these looms at once. So then it was very interesting because David was here. We're, 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 we're doing stuff and we were trying to have, you know, um, the assembly place, make those ECU jumpers. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to build these engine harnesses from scratch and then we were the connectors were coming in and we were getting them but then like we started getting really backlogged okay we're getting very very backlogged and i remember i was like david this is bad i have all the money that i could want because we have a hundred harnesses back ordered a mm -hmm. hundred wiring harnesses yeah. back ordered and i told these guys i said listen um, it's going to go order is received. And this is just like right when we started getting popular, like really popular. Now like, this is too scary. I'm, I'm, I'm a slow moving guy with, when it comes to, I want to organically grow a business and this is dangerous. So we were working with like an assembly place to kind of get us ahead. Okay. And I kind of gave them something and then they were able to kind of like get us a head start on them. I said, dude, make a couple hundred of these things. So then they were they were kind of like laying in, putting the wire, the looms and stuff in. Nothing crazy, just like kind of basic. Mm -hmm. And then we'd get them and then I'd be able to finalize them. So it took them about three months to kind of like have something for me. And then the plugs to come in and everything was moving very, very quickly. Um, so it we tur was turning into a legitimate business where we had an ins and an outs and everything was, you know, working as it should so these guys some of them we said we were very straightforward with it we we're like listen it's gonna be three months for your harness we're fine with you canceling your order we'd almost rather you you know yeah. but you're not gonna get anything else in any kind of quickness either so you're probably better off just waiting so then those those hundred you know were it kind of reduced because we just refunded a lot of people um and then they ended up ordering again later when we like when had, had them stuff, available yeah. so it, it I told David, I was like, this is going to make or break us right now. Like, I was not sleeping, so much anxiety, working until midnight every night. I'm not dating. I am not talking to any women. I am literally working my ass off, um, you know, still staying at the, the shop. I'm sorry, staying at the house with Pi. Um, and we ended up, you know, getting through that hurdle, mm -hmm. okay? Harnesses started to get in and out the door. We started figuring out a technique on how, how much that we could realistically do in-house versus how much we have to have help with. Um, and, you know, we were growing and doing well and adding products. And then it's like, how many products can we add? So adding all these, like, little products and stuff. And stuff started moving. And um, sales are coming in. The website's working right. Um, and then, like, we need, we need more help. So I reached out to my friend, Ryan Durr. And Durr was living in San Francisco at the time. He was my friend from the Bay area mm -hmm. and we go snowboarding on like Fridays and stuff. Cause he was like, he didn't, he didn't have a job for a few years. He was actually like financial aiding it, I guess. Um, or, you know, maybe he wasn't, I don't know. Let's just say that who 
knows what was happening. So he was uh, making enough money to snowboard on the weekends. That's the important yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I think it was. Uh, sorry, it wasn't. It, he had he had a job, and then he. Sorry, what it was was he had a job, and then and then he was let go, and then so he. What is it called? The uh, 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 severance. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he had a little bit of cash, and he was like living in his parents' house. I was like, this is awesome. We could go. We can go, and we can snowboard, and we can have fun. We go to track days. A little bit, yeah. That was, this was like earlier on, but anyway, um, he's like, man, I really now I'm looking for work, and he's an engineer, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know, like an engineer working here, that's a little weird. Like, yeah. he could be working somewhere cool, you know. And uh, he's like, like this is how much I could do, and he's like, I'll do it. I'm like, oh my god, okay. Should have said less, <clears throat> damn it. No, no, no. To I mean, being it, honest as a friend. Yeah, it was cool. It was fair. Everything was good. So he was able to get an apartment, um, stay down here get himself into an apartment and do really, um, you know, my, all my, um, a lot of my builds, like mm-hmm. a lot of the build, the build outs and, and I was designing a lot at that time I was focusing on design and, and I'm kind of teaching him technique and this is how it works. And, and just like anything, you're slow into it. And then all of a sudden, like he's it really, clicks. he's yeah. really, really smart. So now, like I say today, his technique is, is, is well surpassed mine. Um, so I'd prefer him to actually build um, a lot of the all the custom looms. I'll design everything. Yep. And then he does like almost all the build outs. Like we'll start and you know, and then I'll give him all these sheets and data, and he'll start doing it. And then we'll work through it together. Maybe halfway through, we'll quality control and go through it. And then, anyways, um, he was an awesome person to have. And then we um, we had a couple other people that kind of came and went and stuff like that. But the crazy thing is that those two guys are still here mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, they're a huge part of, of Rywire. So <clears throat> we, um, we started just doing more stuff that wasn't Honda specific because how it truly works is you have this ECU and that ECU can be either modified, um, internally or just programming and software or firmware to run any engine. And an engine is an air pump, okay? Basically. So basically an engine is an air pump. It has injectors, it has coils, um, it has sensors. So you have your temperature sensors. Air, air, maybe pre-throttle body, you have water temperature, you have oil temperature, right? You have your temps, you have your pressures, manifold density pressure, you know, to pressure sensors. Throttle position is like a potentiometer, but it's mm-hmm. still kind of like on the same 0 to 5 volt um, and then you have things like you may have like added stuff like a water pressure to see if your water pressure is too high because your head gasket might be lifting or something like that. So then all these sensors are super simple. A coil can be a smart coil, so it's, uh, it doesn't have an igniter. Sorry, it has an igniter built in or a dumb coil that has an external igniter module mm-hmm. that might need power and ground, but it's just through in and out. Yep. Okay. So all these things are common between pretty much every engine. Okay. So then it was like, well, why can't we just do these other cars? So we started doing other cars. Um, and this was all still a really long time ago. This is right when we pretty much opened the doors and stuff. And, you know, like BC started getting in the Porsches, and then we were doing, like, Porsches with him. And then I had friends at LS1s, and we were doing more LS1s, and or LS, you know, drive-by-wires. Mm-hmm. So then, like, that that's another interesting thing. So these standalones that are all the same, and you, you, you learn the ECU, so you have a Motec, you have an AM, the Haltec, Cyvex, Emtron, Pectel, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So all these different ECUs, they're they're they vary, but they're kind of all the same. Mm-hmm. You wire in the pressure sensors, you put a calibration on it, you tell it when to fire, you have synchronization of 
you know, where the where the cam and the crank is, and it's just counting, and then it's firing. Yep. So all these sensors were the same thing. You just had to get the data on which one's power, ground, signal, right? So I thought about it that way, and there again, me being like breaking it down to just simple, simple, simple stuff, power, ground. Like, it's so easy. So we just started doing I was like, yeah, whatever you want to throw at me, throw at me, like telling people like, yeah, let's wire it, let's do it. So like I started focusing on the kind of the custom cars and then Ryan Durr was focusing on, um, you know, like the just production and cu- custom, but the easier stuff, like okay. the Honda specific stuff that we were just had like nailed. Yeah. Right. He's doing those. I'm doing like weird stuff. So um, now even today, he does a lot of the, the custom looms and then I do a lot of the weird stuff or the, I do all the bitch work and he does the easy stuff. No, I'm just kidding. So, um. I'll, I'll, I'll wire up a lot of the chassis and get in there and stuff and we'll both do it. But he's like helping me every step along the way on all these crazy cars. Um, and yeah, like now it's literally got to the point where we'll do anything. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys don't know this. Uh, we do a whole production deal with a company that does all these Lamborghinis. So we have a program where we support their um, highest level of motorsport, which is a, um, you know, the the mile racing. Okay. Yep. It's the long quarter, like the long drag race. The um, time, and, time, time trial. Time yeah, ones, yeah. Exactly. Called, yeah. So then they're doing that. These these cars are I don't know three. Let's call it like three thousand horsepower yeah. or something like that. It's more horsepower than you could probably ever count. Yeah. You got you got tons of fuel pumps. They're all pneumatic paddle shift converted. So, um, just to take a pause. My Integra that I did, you know, we were really successful with SEMA and like we were getting notarized for like, oh, really cool Honda builds and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. We're getting, um, we're getting seen. And, uh, this Integra, same thing going back to, you know, I'm, I'm not scared to spend too much money if I can kind of figure it out. Like it's, it's almost like people go to school and they learn how to do things in school Yep. and it costs money. Yep. Well, for me to learn how to design and engineer a pneumatic paddle shift system on a Honda uh, cost me a lot of money. But how much did I get out of that? Okay. it Let's say that it cost me $20,000 by the time that everything was all said and done. Because I'm upgrading to a transmission that can support pneumatic shifting, yep. a computer that can handle it, yep. all the components and the solenoids and all the things that I needed to buy. But I mean, twenty thousand bucks for what I do is is a worthwhile investment, I think. So I was able to learn how to properly build a pneumatic system, mm-hmm. and then now guess what? When that company reached out to me and said, "Well, these Lamborghini Huracans that have twenty injectors and five fuel pumps are also pneumatic paddle shift with these sequential transmissions," you were like, "Well, I'm glad I spent that money." I'm like, "Okay." So what solenoids are you like? What solenoid brick are you using? Oh, you're using that one from UK, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about. I have the pinout for that. Yeah. I didn't use it on my car, but I know which because I looked at that. Um. Okay. What kind of compressor? Just storm. Okay. Norm, okay. Cool. Just normal compressor. PDM or no PDM? Oh, no PDM. Okay. Cool. Um. And a, a gear gear pot. So and, and you have an electronic throttle body. So you don't need a two way solenoid. You need a, not a three way. You need a two way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. Like you've done this before. Oh well, yeah, I have. Right. Once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. So then um. It was really cool because I was able to 
um, sound educated when I was like, oh my God, a Lamborghini Huracan. Like, what the <laughs> hell am I in? Yeah, it's, uh, glad you're doing this over the phone. And you're like, yes. Oh, sir, no problem. I can get that handled. Well, we're going to have to fly you out. You have to measure this car. Yeah, no problem. You know, I go out there. And then, so the cool thing is that that, working with those guys got me into working with the Cyvex ECU, which mm-hmm. this guy, Wayne, really good friend of mine now, um, he does all the Cyvex stuff. So now what we do is he always has these crazy ass builds, you know, like it could be, you know, the fastest GTR in the world, you know, it's like, we got to work on this. Oh my God. Like the Ecanu GTR, like, wow, you got that. Yeah, man, I'm doing all their tuning and we want to do like this, um, this ignition system and this, uh, ECU, we need this PDM. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, you're there, measure the car. So he got familiar with measuring the cars and, um, that's how it just turned into, I don't even know what kind of car it is. I might not even see the car. We'll build the loom. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, we're, we're doing like his, his GT R35 GTR race car. Wow. Like, I don't really know like how involved some of that factory electronics are, but we're not really using a lot of factory electronics. And then we got a guy like Wayne that was able to do all the software and programming side of stuff. And he's like, Oh, well I just need an analog input there. And I, we'll set it out, put there. And, and then I'll, I'll run the pump this way and I'll use the uh, pulse width and I'll, and I'll be able to run it over can and just give me these wires and we'll just do an auxiliary Deutsch connector and I'll build out something from there. Cool. You know? So now I'm doing these cars and we like have IO pinouts and lengths and, and I know what's going on and I can see exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning a lot now too. I'm like, oh, this is how he's controlling is anti-lag and da, 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 da. he's like looping pins and doing stuff. And I'm like, that's all really smart. And I'm looking at the software and I'm like, ah, I see why you loop a digital to an analog and da, 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 right? So it was really neat to be able to work with somebody at that, that high level of motorsport. Yep. And it's funny because we're actually right now, we're working on a Huracan... Uh, what's literally on the back table right now, what me and Ryan Durr are building, is a Huracan expansion sub-harness and then an Aventador harness. So it's like, you know, all people see, because all I really post is like the Honda shit. Yeah, because but there's all this other stuff that's behind there. Yeah, like when I when I, when I I social media some of the, the other stuff, I just don't really get very many, like people can't relate to it. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll it's phase. It's not what you're famous for maybe. Yeah, it's not say. what I'm known to do more, right? So, um... That's the current chopping block. Anyway, so Wayne introduced me to all this, and then I just started getting more and more familiar and comfortable. And BC actually was a big part, too, because we were doing a lot of the Porsche stuff with him. Mm -hmm. And then we were doing, like, um, Dodge stuff with him, and then we were doing Hyundai stuff with him, and then we were doing, like, all kinds of weird shit. Like, oh, you're my wiring guy now, and then you just do every single thing that they – we have a client that's close by, and he does a bunch of the um, – oh, my God. What is it called? Um, I don't even remember the name of the damn car, right? It's like uh, Alfa Romeo. Yep. The 8C. Yeah, with like the, twin, the... Old, the old Twin Spark ones. Yeah. and these, They have all these race cars, yep. right? So it's like a shop that's kind of – I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's a specialty shop. Mm-hmm. And they all do all these alphas, and, and we now are doing all these alpha harnesses. We've done like a bunch of them now, you know? So what years are these alphas then that you're doing, working the one? Oh, man. See, this is the funny part, because you ask me questions like that, which I don't even care about how old, like what year the car is. Yeah. I'm guessing, looking at them, they're like 70, 
75 to 80. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So old alphas. Yep. Uh, they have somewhat modernized engines because we're, like, designing, like, custom trigger systems. Um, we're putting standalones in them. Um, sometimes we'll do a twin spark. Sometimes we'll do a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, we're adding all these pressure sensors and individual throttle bodies and um, wiring the whole cars. And they have PDMs on them. And, like, it's it's really, really cool. So we're doing all these cars for them, and then we have our Lambo guys, and then we have like the Porsche stuff that we're doing, and it's like, um, but it's funny because still to this day, it's like the wire tuck Honda guys, right? Um, but I think I've kind of decided to just kind of let that title just be what it's going to be. Just let it embrace it. Yeah. And then when people come to the shop and they see like, what do we see back there? We saw three Porsches in the back. Mm-hmm. We saw an Evo 10. Yep. I did not see any Hondas. When you pointed me in that direction, I kept my eyes closed. You just told me Mike's was there. Yeah, yeah. So Mike's car is like storage right now. Um, running great, but he needs to just take it to the track. So uh, I'm doing a CRX build right now mm-hmm. for um, kind of like a YouTube channel thing. I just I have We have a lot of parts for it. And I'm still known. And honestly, when I throw a CRX up on a social media outlet man people go wild over it still there you go see because it's like everybody's like childhood like dream car and i think that the car you can't get a crx now for less than ten thousand bucks yeah you know so and you dedication as well when it comes to them as well if you you, like the honda stuff mm -hmm. and if you like the crx i mean i like it i like it i still love the crx i still wish i i have my little 86 civic hatchback Mm -hmm. yep and that one is super cool and it's my like filler car for my crx void mm-hmm. because it's like pretty much crx but it's a it's like a first gen crx or a third gen civic so it's old and it's fun and it's turning into a piece of collectible old school art you know yeah and i really am glad that i'm i've gotten a couple offers for that one never got an offer on a single car except for that one and mm-hmm. that's the one that i just don't even want to part with yep um so at any rate um that's kind of – I probably, like, sped over a lot of stuff, but I don't know. Do you have any questions for me as far as, like – I mean, we did the SEMA stuff. I could just keep talking about all that, but anything that you could see that I missed? Well, yeah. I mean, you've only been going now for, like, an hour and 20 minutes. But That's more true. importantly, I mean, where do you see the future of what you guys are going to keep doing? Are you going to keep exploring and trying to do new things? I mean, what's what keeps you going and being like, well, I've got the Honda stuff tied up. I've got this other stuff that I'm doing. What is it that excites you about when someone comes to you or when you yourself want to create a new build? What is it that you – is there anything that you, like, want to go to next or anything that you want to dip a toe in? Yeah, I can think of, like, three big bullet points. So, one, um, do you know what a PDM is? I've said that a couple times, but do you know what it is? No. You can, well, okay. I, I, I have a rough idea, but okay. but I think my father is the one who'd probably like to know what a PDM is. All right. So, uh, what a PDM is – is a, let's short for let's call it PDM PDU. There's a couple different names. Power distribution module, power distribution unit. So what it is is an ECU uses an ECU uses you know engine control unit uses so much logic. You have all this data coming in, things coming out, ins and outs, dry, controlling drivers and stuff like that. There's a brain in there that's logically calibrating the engine. Okay, well you're telling it you're telling it to do things, but then it's working behind the scenes. So why shouldn't there be something for your pumps and motors and injectors and 
all the things, all, all the rest of the stuff on your car. Switches and controls and stuff like that. So that's what a PDM is. It's a logic-based box with, you know, high high amp drivers in it that can, you know, a lot of times go up to 20 amps and you can stack them, you can 40 or whatever. So it can go, let's call it 40 amps per output, you know, at the most, and it can go up to as high as like 200 amps. So you can run the whole car on this thing. And what you do is you, 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 it's all minimal. It's all super, it's making my life easier. Mm -hmm. So I am amazingly, it seems crazy to say, but I'm actually the USA distributor for a couple different PDMs Okay. that are, um, and, and I, and I have accounts with like Motec, which is a great PDM. The price point is sometimes on, you know, the higher side and they, it doesn't fit to everybody's, it doesn't fit into everybody's build. Mm -hmm. Okay. But like if you're going Motec ECU, let's use a Motec PDM, okay? Mm -hmm. um, if you have a different computer that's maybe a little bit um, more inexpensive and your whole electronics build is lower, you might want to search, search out some of these other PDMs. Um, we're bringing one in from Australia right now that on paper, and it works freaking awesome. It uses a ton of logic. I'm actually, what I'm doing is I'm making these wiring looms and I'm putting logic already in these PDMs. So you can buy a PDM from me. It's there's I have a very inexpensive one where you can buy a switch panel that's an existing product. Mm -hmm. It plugs right into a PDM. There's already logic built into the PDM and then there's a flying lead coming out of it. So all you really have to do is terminate the lights, indicators, fuel pumps, fans, terminate the ends with um, the proper connectors to match your devices. And if you follow that pinout, all the logic's built in, and you just turn the car on. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, there's a couple little snags when it comes to, like, running, like, a factory gauge cluster. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to hardwire some of that. But I'm but a lot of guys are going digital display. And so it's a four-wire can. It's on the ECU side of things. You don't even need to address it. it. makes that life easier to do the PDM stuff. So... We're doing a lot of that, and what I'm my next step is going to be to try to make chassis specific solutions. Okay. So sure. let's. I so I'm now I'm starting to source connectors for headlights, taillights, indicators, uh, fuel pumps, fans, like other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with the Honda stuff because I actually like have a lot of the plugs already. Um, also starting to do Nissan, like Porsche, and I'm trying to like do a full body wiring harness mm -hmm. and it's not going to be an end all be all factory solution. It's going to be a more motorsport solution. So it's not going to run everything in the car. It's going to be super slim down to the stuff I was basically talking about indicators. Yeah. That makes it a street car. It has indicators. Yeah. And it's obviously motorsport right. is in your titles. So that's what you're going to focus on. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on racing, you know? <clears throat> so these are going to be more of an off-road use only. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you think about it, like, there's nothing that – if you have – a lot of these guys are to the point now where they're like, well, I pulled out, like, some of the HVAC stuff. Or I have a very simple, you know, heating system in the car that just needs power. Uh, I got power windows. Okay, we have a wire for it. You know, like, it's just the bare minimums. Mm -hmm. and, and it can be for any car. You know, people are like, oh, like – just just do a Honda? No, absolutely not. You know they're they're going into RX7s and they're going into um, the Alphas and they're going into certain things. And I have customers that are using grabbing the PDM and then they're doing their own harness and then they're like, it looks like junk, but it's okay. I'm going to send it back to you. And then now, like I have one 
friend that's working on a specialty product and he's going to use my PDM for the specialty product. And it doesn't even have to be an automotive solution. Um, David, when my, 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 my guy, David, he was telling me, you know, like he used to do like the microphones and lights and stuff. He's like, well, we could use a PDM to like do like light, light flashing sequences and easy. Mm -hmm. And that'd be super cool. You could do stuff like that. So I want to try to, you know, sell these PDMs to guys like this and then I can make a little loom and then if it, if it catches on, it catches on. Yeah. These could be used for like trucks with tons of lights. Mm Mm-hmm. And like super simple little like servo motors and stuff like that, um, you could run a PDM. And then if somebody finds an outlet, please let me know. If you think you could sell more than like twenty, thirty of these things, we could figure it out. Put it on a PDM, and the PDMs are not always expensive. The one that I'm trying to push right now is a six hundred dollar unit that does twelve outputs. I also have another unit that does CAN bus with little CAN keypad, thirty outputs. A uh, bunch of switches, bunch of everything that you need, pulse width, and like you can control mo- motors and things like that. Um, and that thing is sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's a lot, I guess, for sixteen hundred dollars. But for motorsport stuff, like that's not that's not a lot. It's not a lot. No, it's really not. It's you know half the price of some of the other guys. Yeah. And it does all the cool stuff that you know. Um, that's why I'm so excited about the product because mm-hmm. I'm just like it's another one of those like eye opening. T- tingles, tingling Wait, up you your see spine. The signs again? Uh, I mean, not even just the dollar. You know, dollar signs is something that kind of comes after the fact. But first, you're like, oh my god, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. And I'm, I don't want to be focused on money, but I have guys I have to support. I have a shop that I have to support. I always come last, so mm-hmm. I make sure that they all get paid and the paychecks and everything gets, you know, done. Kind and- of important. Yeah, and then if there's any money left over, I reinvest it, and I try to do crazier stuff. And if there's even more, a little tiny bit, then okay, now I get to keep a little bit of money. That's how I've been working this whole time. So reinvesting and trying to like learn, and I mean, to be the USA distributor for some of these power module, comp- you know, I, I, it's it's not like. Yeah, you ordered three of them. Let's do it. No, you're ordering a lot of units, mm-hmm. so I got to keep them moving. Um, so PDM stuff is definitely the future. Engine harnesses are always easy, you know. Um, and then now that there's a lot of like direct injection engines and stuff like that, um, it's been it's being more and more complicated. Um, let's take this for example: the new Civic Type R. Okay, I've had a few people that are like, "I'll oh, be really cool to do a Civic Type R swap into my newer cars." I'm like, "Yeah, it would, but that." Engine output, it has a turbo on it. It's direct injection. Those are all great things. But if I told you, and they're like, oh, it's a $6,500 crate engine from Honda HPD. Great. $6,500 crate engine with a gearbox and a turbo on it and manifolds. Doesn't sound too bad. Doesn't sound bad. But what if I had to tell you that right now where we're at, that Motec to control the DI with the DI... Um, GPR package. You're looking at the ECU is going to be at least like four with a lambda. It's five, four or five thousand bucks, right? Um, then you need a wiring loom. Got to be custom. And then we're talking Motec ECU, a lot of inputs and outputs. Your harness is going to be at least three thousand bucks. Yeah. So now you're like, you just bought another engine. Yeah, so which is also though goes to show you how well that car is when you see the price point of it and how the performance and things like that sure of course and the science behind those people at Honda sometimes know what they're doing on the yeah. back end and, and then somebody you know some some guys are like 
DI, like what do I need DI? DI is actually great. You can make a lot of power with direct injection. Mm-hmm. And then you got a company like Radium that just came out with a little port spacer, and you can add another set of port injectors. So if you have a MoTeC and you can control those DI injectors, well, now you can phase in some more well, fuel yeah. with, uh, you know, you can have staged injection now. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, those, those Civic Type R's run out of uh, fuel pump. The, that DI high pressure pump, yep. um, they run, it, run, it runs out. Like the inject, it won't support it. You can't add more pressure to them. They're kind of maxed out. So if you have like a two, set of 2200 injector dynamics in there and then you could phase those in, oh man, now you can make some power on and that engine. And that's handy for that motorsport thing that we've been is. talking about. It is, it is. I mean, you don't really need it so much for the road these days, but the motorsport at the track. Yeah, exactly. The track days in the weekend or during right. the week if you're lucky. So I pitched to these guys, you'd probably be better off just buying a K20 engine and not going the K20 C1 route, mm-hmm. which is C1 is type R. Just use an older K and boost it and make way more power, way easier. And you can use like a Honda and it'll do everything you need it to do and it's cheap. Um, but some guys are pretty adamant about it. They want to be the first. They, you know, they're like me, right? Yeah, they're they like be the first. at all costs, man. Like this is the future. And I'm like, cool. So I want to do it, but I have to, I've never been the type. I talk, I talk people out. Like David always says, I don't want to put you on the phone. Cause you're going to talk this guy out of this stuff. You know, like, don't modify your daily driver, man. Yeah. Like that's how I am. Like, no, Try to build a car on the side. Like, don't touch your daily. You know, you need that car to get to work. Like, yeah. I'm like, where, where do you work? They tell me. Like, you know, David's like, what are you asking this guy where he works? Just get off the phone. You have stuff to do. <laughs> and then I'm like, he's like 15 minutes away. I'm like, well, 15 minutes. You don't want to, if you have to walk there, it's going to take you two hours. Yeah. You don't want to walk to work, man. Don't mod your daily. And so I talk people out of it all the time. So anyway, my first instinct is to talk them out of doing the Civic Type R swap. But if you if you uh, let's do another podcast in five years, and I'll be like, oh yeah, we got that solved. We got that straight away done. done. I did the harness as easy. It was knocking out two and a half hours. It's done. Yeah, two thousand later, you know. So, anyways, that that is kind of you know the the future is direct injection and all these solutions and maybe coming out with ideas that could maybe keep the prices down a little bit. But I'm still very like gung ho about motorsport and 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 standalone ecus and i i want to be able to bring that technology into the guy that so let's just say this really quick you know i am a motec dealer and i love their product am infinity stuff i love their product all these different companies i love them but these guys do have to realize that sometimes they're a premiere and if you don't get a guy into a Motec straight out of the box, next car they might do it. Yeah. Okay. So they got, it's always so, nice to have a step up. Yeah. So sometimes it's like you know I'm getting I'm getting heat from AE. I'm getting heat from Motec. I'm getting heat from these guys because they're like, well, you don't just sell our stuff. We want you to sell just our stuff. I'm like, yeah, but these these guys are kids. They're 25 years old, baby. Well, when they're 35 and they want to build a car, they're gonna know. Damn, dude, I'm gonna do the new Motec, the Dash, the PDM. I want the crazy shit. It works, yeah. Right. Sign me up for it. But these guys are like, no, let's do like a Honda or if, you know, maybe it's not a Honda and they want, well, AM Infinity has a plug-in now. We can plug and play. Mm-hmm. And you can build me this and that. Anyway, so they got to remember it's all stepping stones and these guys, a lot of these guys are in it for the long haul. So that's how, kind of how I think about it, you know. Um, I'm trying to bring motorsports, 
equipment to the entry and to try to make it be the standard. Yeah. And you can – I can see it, man. Like I used to get calls and they're like, factor ECU, factor ECU, factor ECU. Like what can you do? Now it's like I got this standalone. Let's make this work. How can I do this? And that's all the calls I get. And I, I think that people are just literally stepping their games up. Mm-hmm. And so me doing d- dumb stuff and spending stupid amounts of money on my car um, is elevating me to be – now I'll never use a factory computer really. There's no reason to. Um, you know, I I see the potential in electronic throttle control. And like I would never build a car without drive-by-wire. Like I would not build a car without drive-by-wire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing what you could do with it, what you can traction control strategies and just cold starts. And yeah, there's a reason why every single car on the road now has an electronic throttle body. Oh, it's kind of handy. It's handy. You could program the hell out of it. It's just uh, handy in life for that daily driver that you've got as well. Yeah. Daily driver has it. Everything has it. So, you know, I mean, there's a reason that they have drive by wire now and it's an amazing thing but there's a lot of stuff that's like that like mm-hmm. direct injection might be the next thing man you just make five percent more horsepower out of the box because you have a fuel injector straight in your combustion chamber and the atomization is a million times better like it's and yeah. it's high pressure and all yeah. this stuff so um yeah as cars evolve and we're, we're trying to trying to take those th- little basic components and bring them into a motorsport environment for the normal guy to raise the bar, well, now, well, now the standard is a standalone, yeah. and to this and to that and to this and to that. And now I just went to PRI. I just got back from PRI. More people make PDMs now than I. It used to be like a Motec PDM, and oh my God, there's another guy making one. Like another company's making one. Oh my God. Now it's like there's probably twenty. Like I probably had, I probably looked at twenty different forms of power distribution. Uh, for chassis electronics at PRI from all these different kinds of... And what is PRI for those that don't know what it is? It's it's like SEMA. So SEMA is Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association. And they are the premier guys for a little bit more like the showy stuff. But still, all your top brands are there. People are building cars. Mm-hmm. Lots of attention. PRI is performance or performance race industry. So it's more the race culture. So you're going to see more like the... Hollinger transmissions guys they might not be at SEMA you may have like a Quaif somebody that's like wow there's not really any transmission companies here and you know we're kind of entry level and we could do like Quaif could be there but then like Hollinger might not be there but then like everybody's at PRI Mm -hmm. so Quaif Hollinger all these you know all these performance transmission companies I just use that because it's easy transmissions whatever everybody knows what that is right so um that's what PRI is, and I was a PRI, and all these guys are coming out PDMs. So I guess that's my first bullet point. I was ahead of the curve, and I want to be on top of the curve. So I'm trying to get the PDMs out there more. So we sell like five different ones. So the second bullet point then? Let's see if I can remember what it was. Because you had three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pressure now. It's just okay. me and Kiwi staring at you. Right. The next one is EV. Now, I haven't really, really adapted to like 100% EV stuff, but what I want to do is I want to do hybrid stuff, okay? So I want to have a gasoline engine 
and I want to have an electric motor assisting me. Okay. So I don't want to like spill too many beans here, but cause I'm always been the kind of person where I don't want to talk about something unless I plan to do it. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to like, you know, tell you everything of these ideas and then In if case I don't, else might borrow it. Yeah, might borrow it a little quicker than me because mm -hmm. I like I'm trying to I'm trying to gather some coins to get something cool going. So if there's anybody out there that wants to just like donate to a build, let me know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so or um, donate to a podcast. They can let me know. I'm quite happy with that. Go. There you go. There you or go. if they want to donate to Kiwi's very healthy uh, appetite, they yeah. can do that as well. Of course, of course. So everybody's you know. Accepting donations. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I have this really cool idea, and I want to do kind of like a hypercar-ish build on something where it would be a uh, gasoline engine, electric motor, and hopefully a sequential gearbox, um, and then those components and something really cool. Mm -hmm. So the EV stuff is still something that – it's like pneumatic shifting when I first started into it. I don't really know how that like I'm just I you know you, you figure out what what components do you need? Do I really need that? Can I substitute that for this? What if I'm using that? Can I change it? Like I have a million questions when I when I was first doing that pneumatic stuff. And then they started filling in really fast like wow, okay, this is actually not that complicated. You just need that that drives this and etc. And then all of a sudden the system works. So I do have a resource for the EV stuff that I've acquired because he's a customer of mine. So I'm going to reach out to him and we're going to try to build something, some kind of like a, um, he's going to give me all the, he's going to give me a lot of component strategies and maybe some like outlets of, well, you don't have to buy this really expensive motor. You can maybe source one from something else and it can be just as good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of thing, a lot of, a lot of necessary components and doing something like that. Yeah, because those supercar hybrids are kind of pricey, like those LaFerraris and the McLaren P1s, you know, they kind of... Yeah, so you need to find you need to find space in the car for batteries. Yeah. You need to find space in the car for inverters. And to buy one just in itself, it's kind of pricey. Yeah, I'm not going to buy one. You can't you're going to get two or three, aren't you? That's when you say, I'm not going to buy <laughs> yeah. one, two or three. If this idea works, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I could do something that's, you know, a lot... A lot more like on the tuner level mm -hmm. because let's face it, when you do something like newish to an older car or you do something that's very loud, like let's take Nakai with the RWB kit. I mean, if that was hidden in an engine bay, less people would want to do it. Yeah. Right? Because it's but because it's on the outside of the car and it's like, oh my God, you know? And you can see him smoking and he's drinking his Stella. Well, of course. Cutting it out with the Sawzall. I mean, it's perfect. It what is do you perfect. Want? It's a great like, photo. It's, it's every guy's car, like, dream to be, just, you know. That cool and just to hack up a Porsche. You just give me a exactly. car, just cut it up. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. So. Just spit, air it up. Done. Yeah. Perfect. Done. Take it for a little test drive, give it an impression. Awesome. It didn't rub. You're done. So I guess, I don't know, what was I talking about? The EV stuff. But um, what I'm getting at is it's hard to get people excited mm -hmm. on things that they can't see. Yeah. I mean, even if you talk about it, it's like <laughs> wiring harness. Yeah. Like or as you say, lame. Not, not quite as many people get quite as excited as you for plastic connectors. Yeah. If you like, walk in and go, Phew. That was like I got me some fantastic plastic connectors. Yeah, you don't you know when guys are like, Oh my god, orgasm when they see oh, car. plastic connectors. I can't I'm like you got these plastic connectors. That like oh. that blew my load clear like clear out. 
when I found that plastic plug. When you got so excited <laughs> about those plugs. I was yes. like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my and entire life. you told the girlfriend, you're like, you know what? I found these plastic plugs. You threw them down on the kitchen table and she just looked at you and was like, all right, dinner's ready in 10. Yeah, right, 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 right. So I... I, and she's like, you are way too excited over About something so petty. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but the the, the potential of this <laughs> is unreal. Anyway, so – and it was. I mean, like, look, now yeah, we is. can have – I. so, like, for my Honda stuff, I got 400 of the same wiring harnesses in stock. Mm -hmm. and that's well, how well they move. Easy. Look. Yeah. So – and now, I mean, they're they're all my original designs, mm -hmm. okay? And a lot of people maybe get a little bit bummed out on this, okay? But how it is right now is if you buy a wiring harness on the website, I'll be very forward. I, like, I've always wanted to be honest always with everything that I've done. So you buy a wiring harness on the website, those wiring harnesses are actually priced very, very well. And my profit margin is not very high. But I hope in volume that... You know, it's yeah. a, and it does. It supports itself. Now, those harnesses are my design. They're, I see them through the entire way, but my hands, unfortunately, don't go on the entire build. They get finalized. Yep. Okay, so we're finalizing them, making sure everything's working right. We have Sears testers, and they actually go pin for pin resistance continuity. Like, mm -hmm. it's wild. So I can send out that harness knowing that the likelihood that it comes back because of a failure in the schematic is like very, very low. And David loves it because he doesn't have to do as much support. He just sure. goes like, does your main really have power? And he just says the same thing and then people, oh my God, I, they didn't put these like loose wires, they didn't hook them up. Like, okay, Dumb. that's why your car's not running. Yay, so let's go ahead and do that so. and never call them back, right? Yeah. So it's awesome. And the reliability of it's through the roof. It's awesome. I love. I love it. So what we focus on is those custom, more custom builds. Mm -hmm. We got plenty of Honda guys. It's still like a K series harness, Honda K B whatever. We're still building them, but they're the they're the more like bespoke jobs that are like, I got this ECU. Here's a bunch of pictures. Let's build something. You know, inputs, outputs, all the data. Like it 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 takes all my time doing these. Yeah, and they they cost a lot more money. It could be three times the price, but three times the price. Trust me, it's not me going, oh, ha, ha, I'm going to make money off these guys. No, we have three times the the time in, invested. Yep. And honestly, those custom harnesses we don't really make profit on. I have enough to to pay Ryan Durr to do them, and there's really nothing more. But that's it's brand recognition because those are going on to race cars. Yep. And and they're and they're their possibility of people seeing that is higher and then that's what sells my my kind of off the, the shelf more, stuff. Yeah, the more mundane stuff. Yeah, the stuff that the normal guy could use benefit install easy and it's the perfect solution and doesn't for, pull up David. Yeah, they they can order it on the website. Easy. They could try to plug and play everything, do it themselves or have like a shop kind of, you know, um buy it and and install it for them. So these higher end builds, if you will, are more like me doing R and D mm -hmm. and learning. So me wanting to always challenge myself, and that's kind of where that EV or hybrid, like next, the next best thing. Um, I see it. Everybody sees it. It's cut and dry. It's so clear. It's so obvious that an EV uh, engine with an electronic motor assisting it. You can have the ultimate performance car. Mm -hmm. So um, 
that for me would be the future. Um, just want to hopefully we can uh, sell enough of these, you know, looms to help that happen. Help because like you guys buying a loom is not necessarily going. Oh, you're buying me a bigger house. It's not. That's not the case. What it's really honestly doing is you're a little bit's paying for the guys, a little bit's paying for my rent at the shop here, a little bit of it is paying for a lot of different things, but it's also paying for cool shit that you guys might be able to see at SEMA, mm-hmm. at ma- magazine covers. Um, this car that I want to do, it's not going to – I'm kind of known for doing like track-themed builds that we can race on the track. Uh, but maybe they aren't like perfor- per- professional motorsports. Like this is like my own cars. Yeah. We do cool stuff at the highest echelon. Uh, what actually comes out of the shop a lot of times is uh, a themed build um, for the masses to enjoy. Um, this car, I want to build a street car. So not something that's going to be like – something that's going to be race ready. You could take on the track. But something for a guy that is – looking for a third, fourth, fifth car yep. and want something really special. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a special car. You can pretty much mark my words that the next car that I build is going to by far outshine the Orange Integra. Um, and the Orange Integra is, I think it was, a lot of people tell me it's a way ahead of its time. And it's I, I, fancy. I agree that it's ahead of its time. Uh, but yeah, I really want to do something really, really cool. So um, that is, Selling those harnesses and those those orders on the website, that's just really giving me motivation, drive, and a little bit of a cushion to be able to do the next best thing. And now, can you remember what your last bullet point was? Not really. So, <laughs> should we just leave it at that then, Ryan? Probably. I'm trying to think what, you know, um, closing things I could kind of say with a business, but... I guess we're we're not going to really be moving away from Hondas per se. Mm-hmm. We just want to kind of add to it. Yep. But I think that we're going to be stepping up just slightly. Okay. Some of these really, really basic adapter kind of products may start going away. Um, I just – I have less we're, – we're selling less because they're not as needed anymore. People are going for full looms. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not as exciting to me as they once were. Sure. So what would literally? Yeah, well, you've well, been there and been doing it for quite some time, right? I've and had seeing how things are moving on as well with the technology, what's coming, and it makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'm just trying to move with it, you know. Like I've had a lot of companies, um, you know, send send my stuff to China, unfortunately, um, and it's it's really bummed me out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of real cool things that I probably could have sold a lot of and had a lot of happy people put these products in their cars are just completely saturated with knockoff stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because some of the, some of, some of the stuff is not a cheap Chinese part. It's actually a nice part, but you know, it's kind of like an, almost like an idea theft, you know, like, um, so they might be like still a nice component, but then because I can't focus on that component to try to like, you know, every day thinking about that, that one part, um, there's so many that I end up just kind of focusing on the next best thing. And some things get, that are really, really cool. Kind of get just, well, just on the site, you could buy it. Yep. And I'm not like pushing, pushing, pushing that product. And because I'm not pushing it super hard, it does kind of open the doors for competition that are like down to push that product. Um, so it's unfortunate to see. Um, and I, I don't like it. And 
I, I've, you know, spoke my words on it and stuff, but it's unfortunate to see, but I'm just, I'm just trying to grow and do the next best thing because you know what? Like competition does, I always, you always hear this, but when it happens to you, it, it's like, it's like really irritating and kind of hurts. But, um, that competition is pushing me to do new things and like, you know, if it wasn't for competition, maybe I wouldn't have never done the PDM stuff and the mm-hmm. pneumatic shifting and drive by wire individual throttle bodies and like these things that are kind of mainstream now that like, yep. I'm not going to say that I came up with the idea because I certainly didn't, but I did bring it to a world that has never maybe seen it before. Mm-hmm. Cars are been pneumatic shifted on the racetrack for a long time, but people go, I've never seen it. This is amazing. Well, maybe not in like a, a Honda that's cheap in the car. You know, you have a yeah. shifting system that's $20,000 and the car was, my Integra I got for 900 bucks. It was yeah. kind of a wrecked Integra. It was a Japanese import that had been kind of just destroyed and picked apart. And I mean, a $900 car with a $20,000 transmission Seems a system. bit, yeah, it's a bit off. Seems well, crazy. If you tell that to someone, you know, I've got my $900 car and I just bought my new transmission, $20,000. Like, no, they're like, what? what? Shouldn't it be the other way around? But right, but then you talk and you go, well, um, I dropped out of college, yeah. so... So that's this totally is, safe <laughs> now. Yeah, no, it's totally safe. No, then it's a, it's it's my way of learning and, yeah. and doing the next thing because I, you know, I think that in a lot of ways um, our company is kind of setting some groundwork for certain outlets mm-hmm. that aren't used to seeing it. So, um, yeah, man, I just, I just hope to could be able to continue to move forward. And I hope that, you know, next time we get together, there's all these crazy things that I've done and we're looking to the even greater future. So speaking of that, then what's the best way for people who are listeners or what have you to find you guys or find your products? What's the best way to do that? Right. So my website is ryewire.com. Rye, R-Y, like my name is Ryan, and then wire.com. Um, you know, we have a whole catalog of stuff, and if you don't see something or you want something custom, you can email me. Or David. Or David, of course. Who's got a lovely chair. It does squeak, though. I need to change that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, got the WD-40 chair. out, yeah. We actually upgraded that chair, and we put little, like, aftermarket little pads. Those are actually, those were completely oh. destroyed. We found some on Amazon, and they were here within, like, three hours. So in, if anyone's and, interested, if you don't want to work on the Hondas, you can work on their uh, their chairs as well. Exactly. We, we just, their business well, chairs. We're, we're resourceful, and I won't, I don't want to replace something if it can be easily fixed, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I'd rather spend my money on $20,000 transmissions and stupid stuff like that. Um, okay, so rywire.com, Ryan at rywire. Um, is my email david's is david at rywire and they actually funnel the same inbox we sure. just kind of like tag them and and what about the social media stuff social okay so youtube channel i'm actually working on hopefully like it's going to get a little bit more of a head start uh rywire so just search youtube and rywire and hopefully you'll see a channel with maybe some videos i'm hoping to shoot some stuff with the crx if you want to follow along with that build um and then my instagram is rywire underscore motorsport underscore electronics and that's motorsport with no s yeah it's not a double plural yeah so um and then i'm sure when you start typing it'll come it'll right, pop up. Up right up yeah uh, that one's an easy one to get a hold of me uh what other outlets i don't really use uh what is it called facebook <laughs> facebook <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i, I don't really tweet uh i have an account you can follow it but i don't even i don't even know what is going on. It's all I about think, the gram. Yeah, some of them are like attached, 
So I kind of have it set up where if I do an IG, then it'll like kind of do the other ones. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know. Like, don't don't message me on YouTube. On no, excuse me, on uh, what did the one you said? Facebook. Facebook. Don't message me on Facebook. I will probably reply after like three or four months, and then you'll be like angry. Just give them a call. I'm yeah, speak to just, Dave on the telephone. Yeah, you can call. You can call us two four zero four Rywire is actually our, and two four zero is a East Coast number, but it's because it's VOIP. Whatever, we're in Southern California, we're in Garden Grove. Um, so call, you can talk to David, um, email me. And David's going to be so happy about this. I know, right? It's going to be great. He's going to be like, what do you want? Um, David's actually a super, super nice guy. He was, he let me in today. Yeah. Even if he got in his car and stuff. Yeah. But but very some, nice. Sometimes he's in a bad mood in the morning when he uh, hasn't had his coffee and everything. Oh, you know? okay, so yeah. Don't call too early. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, Instagram is kind of this my platform right now and i think like every i mean it's crazy like i had the i was fortunate enough to teach a class with high performance academy mm -hmm. um and and they were like yeah we chose you because you had the biggest insta following like they just told me straight up a great instagram page yeah it's good i know it's it's been around for a long time and you can go way back and you can see like pretty much everything that we've done yep i mean like Sometimes I forget stuff, but if you really look through all those 2,000 pictures, you'll actually see some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You know, little bits of some cool stuff. Um, and then my my uh, feed, the story, I try to do a daily, you know, like at least a couple a day. Mm -hmm. And I might just take like a – some. <laughs> I'm so self-conscious. You know how guys will just like machine gun – that's what we call it, machine gun Instagram? Or do like 10 pic pictures per post mm -hmm. i like do not post enough because i'm very self-conscious like oh well this car's not like there's gonna be a better picture this car's not quite done and oh i don't want to want to show that because it's like just wiring and then you can't really see much and so i get like that about it which is funny but i'm a little bit more relaxed when it comes to the story mm -hmm. so um a lot of people tune in for the story stuff and i get a lot of messages that way um, I accept direct messages, but I would really prefer an email. Yeah. It keeps everything in one spot for me. And then I have the easy ability to be able to just send you a link to the website, send you a link to like, I don't know, a schematic or like something that maybe somebody's asking for something specific and I can go, Oh yeah. You know, on oh, the podcast, I heard that radium sells that injection thing for the civic type R. Cool. Here's a link. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So way easier if we could do email. Yeah. Well, and, man. That's it, man. I know. It's been great. I'm just trying to beat these guys to where am I at right now. I think you're just coming on about two hours. Awesome. That's fine with me. That's what I want to say. I mean, it's DB, you double Big Mike. Yeah. Okay. Really? I mean, only, we mostly just talked about tea with Mike because that's uh -oh. what he likes. Did you know he likes tea? Oh, like what? In London or something? Yeah. Mm. He really likes having an English tea. You know what's funny is like I missed a whole like thing of my – not really my, co my company but my life mm -hmm. that I didn't even talk about that I reminded me of that. Um, that I'm probably not going to get into, but uh, the quick of it is Mike and I are going to the UK for an event. So I've been doing a lot of events lately. I'm flying around, doing all this crazy stuff, a lot of times just kind of judging. And it's great for me because I love to see cars. Yep. I love to be able to um, you know, look at what guys are doing. Yeah, it's handy. And, and, then, and then also be able to talk to them. Because mm -hmm. I'm and, assuming some people have a question or two for you. Yeah, person. answer a ton of questions. Um, get to meet all these guys and it works really well for, for networking. And then when you go to London, Mike can take you for a high tea. Exactly. Cause he's got his one set. He's got his right. references. 
But Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for hosting myself and Kiwi. Mm-hmm. We've really enjoyed it. Kiwi's been an excellent guard dog. She only barked once when you had some uh, one of your a door yeah, open real quick. Well, your customer, one of your main customers at the moment, come through. Yeah, yeah, which is good to see. But no, it's been absolutely fantastic. And of course, um, everyone should definitely go follow Ryan on Instagram and then buy stuff from him from his website. Ryan, thank you so much again. Thank you everyone for listening. And of course, as always, leave us a great review. Leave us at least five star. I mean, we always want at least seven or eight stars. We can only give yeah. five, so we take five. Yep. I mean, it's all you can do. I left you a five. So. Oh, thank you so much. That's what we look for. Thank but, you so much for having me, too. And uh, again, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.